It's happy hour meets entrepreneur adventures. This is the business wind down. Sit back, relax, pour yourself a drink, and let's talk business. I'm Maggie Butler. And I'm Brent Hallinger. And we're business strategists from Local Union Consulting and Coaching. Welcome to the business wind down where happy hour meets entrepreneurial conversations. Cheers. So Maggie, what are we talking about today? We have two great topics that will be jam-packed with useful information for our listeners. The first, we will be discussing business communication and giving you some great tips to improve your communication skills. Second, we are sharing our recent blog post, but I think it'll be an incredible conversation with you today, Brent. The four reasons you're turning away customers. You might not even know that your customers are leaving you before they purchase. Gasp. (gasps) I know. Okay, let's dive in. Let's talk business communication. So Brent and I presented to a young professionals group in the Tampa Bay area, and we helped them build their business confidence. And elevator pitch. And elevator pitch. So the whole presentation was around communication and confidence and how to perfect your elevator pitch, that 30-second introduction of yourself and your business to a stranger, somebody who doesn't know you. What was our main talking points? Do you see what I did there? Talking points. So in terms of business communication, we have an acronym that we use internally at Local Union for every type of business communication. And it differs from personal communication because in the business world, there's not a lot of time. Like everyone you talk to is so busy trying to, you know, run their business, execute their business, deal with their customers. So our principle with all business communication is what, Brent? Talk. Okay. Yes, it is talk, but it's add add, value. Add value to the listener. Yes. And we help people add value by using the acronym talk. That's why Brent has said the word talk 45 times. We did not stage this, so she did not tell me where she was ready to go there. Yeah, we don't really prep these because we want it to be more happy hour conversations. But let's get into talk. So what does the T stand for talk? T is think of your audience. Before you put a social media post out there, an email, a PowerPoint presentation, an elevator pitch, think about who you're speaking to. A is add value to your audience. So that goes back to the main point that Maggie was trying to tee up for me is when you're communicating, you want to make sure that it's adding value to the people you're trying to communicate with. L is leverage your why. There's a reason you're communicating with somebody. Get to that why quickly and be concise about it. And the K is know your two to three talking points. And I think we like to use this TALK acronym because it really focuses what you're trying to communicate because we've all been on rambling conversations or emails, then it just gets boring after a while. The idea is to communicate your idea clearly, concisely, have a clear ask for the person you're trying to communicate with, and be direct. Get Know what you want to get out of the conversation and what's valuable to the listener. Be a confident communicator. I do want to talk about some psychology here for a second, Brent. So we are helping these young professionals perfect their elevator pitch. And if you think about communication, often we think communication is just the words that we use. But really, communication is both verbal and nonverbal. And the elevator pitch is such a great example of 
learning and educating how to empower yourself to enhance aspects of communication at certain moments and maybe avoid certain habits as we've done before. So I say this because the elevator pitch, right? It's often you're meeting somebody for the first time. This is their first impression of you. Psychologically, what's happening to your listener when you meet them for the first time is they're observing you. Their brain is like hardwired to think, what should I believe about this person? And first impressions, it's really, really mind-blowing. Only 7% of first impressions is based off of the words you use. So if I'm introducing myself to Brent for the first time, only 7% of his first impression is based off of the words that come out of my mouth. Usually people think the elevator pitch, it's all about what you say, but that's not true. 93% is nonverbal. So 38% of that first impression is based off of your tone of voice. Okay, so that's everything from your actual tone of voice, but also to how you're using pauses, inflection, etc. 55%, Brent, is your mind blown? Actually, you already know this, but 55%, more than half of your first impression, that elevator pitch, is based off of body language. Again, I'm just telling you all of this because if you know and empower yourself with these facts, you can go into a situation, have strong body language, use great tone of voice, and even if your words aren't perfect, your first impression, you're going to nail it. So make sure you're using that advice for your elevator pitch. Again, for an email, you know, you're not going to be using body language. That might be weird unless you put like... You can put pictures of yourself you in can the, put like the memes. first email. Yeah, some nice Power memes. poses. <laughs> but um, if you're not doing that, I would highly recommend not to. It's a good point. Okay. Number two, which, let's talk about your blog, Brent. What did I write about? Oh, yes. Um, the four ways you could be turning away customers, which is something that we've come across with a lot of the businesses we're working with. Um, they're just common small things that get overlooked when you're running the day-to-day operations of your business and you're not paying attention to the information or thinking about how customers are finding you. So we decided to put this blog together, highlighting some of the items we've seen in our couple months of consulting and coaching. And I think they're pretty impactful stuff um, that just take time to look into. Yeah, when I read this blog, I was blown away because we teach this to people and we see these four things happen all the time, but it's something we also have to update and create processes for to make sure we don't fall out of date with our customer journey and customer awareness. Because let me tell you, once you have your business up and running, you forget to go back and revisit a lot of the things you did in the beginning of your business. And we've seen, I think every single person we worked with Brent for their customer experience, we found like errors and like roadblocks in their customer journey that are big red flags for potential customers. So like who knows how many people turned away from their companies because of these roadblocks. Yeah. Yeah. And the first one that we want to highlight is just you need to have your business information, make sure it's updated. And to Maggie's point, every single customer we've worked with, whether it's store hours on the website or contact information, I've seen contact forms on clients' websites that weren't pointing to anything. People could submit it, but it didn't go anywhere because they didn't have it pointed or open to receive responses. I've seen emails that were not accurate, store hours that were outdated or not updated. All these things that happen need to be updated across your Facebook, social media, website, Google My Business. And I think what happens is really, like I was saying, the day-to-day, people get lost in it, and there's so many channels that customers are finding information. So one weak spot could be leading to missed opportunities of people 
finding your business or not having the questions they need answered. And I think a pro tip here is put, like right now, get out your calendar, schedule on a quarterly basis, a reminder, update all of my contact information. If you don't create that process in your business, you're not going to go back and update it. So put it on your calendar and just remind yourself, go back and walk through every single piece of content and make sure it's updated. Yeah, the Google My Business is another one that we see people don't even claim the responsibility of and they're the owner of that business. Yeah. Right? That's powerful. So that's the first one that we see. Just update your information. Okay, point number two, why you might be turning away customers and not even realize it. Your communication channels aren't diversified. Does this sound familiar? Okay. You send an email out to customers about a new product or maybe a sale, but you forget to highlight this in your social media or in store conversations. Or maybe you're updating on Instagram all the time, but never sending out communication and email or through your other channels. Right. In the business world, we call this best a best practice marketing um, strategy omni-channel marketing. Simply put, for the best results, you need to create plans and strategies to market your information across all your channels. So just marketing on Instagram or Facebook is not going to work. Only 6% of your social media followers followers ever see a message. Email alone, only 25 to 40% of your email list reads your emails. So if you aren't creating strategies that have a sale or a promotion or information across all your channels, you're missing out. And the stats are real. Companies who use omni-channel marketing consistently retain around 90% of their customers compared to companies who don't. And they only retain about 30%. So that's huge. Yeah. What's that old marketing adage where you want to be where your customers are when you need them? Yeah. I think this is really pointing back to that. We were working with a client um, and they were doing a Black Friday promotion sale selling their product. And they told us like the super successful promotion that they did because they did omni-channel marketing. They did text marketing. They did text, email, email, Instagram, um, a follow-up email like twice before the sale was going down, Instagram lives counting down what was happening. And it was their best performing sale marketing ever. campaign they've ever had. And he's like, I think we figured out actually how to use all the right, channels. Right, yeah. So um, powerful for sure. Okay, Brett, number three. So number three is the inconsistencies of your brand across channels. And what I mean by this is looking at your social media or your in-store or your website, does it all convey what you're trying to with your business? I went into a barbershop recently, or I found a barbershop online first, and it looks so trendy and hip, exactly what I wanted. And it was suspended people with sleek haircuts. I thought it was gonna be a young trendy spot. I went there in person and it was an old school barber shop that hadn't been updated really since the seventies. There was no like modern anything about it. And it was such a jarring experience for me because I went in expecting a hip trendy spot and came out of it with a negative customer experience. And then I think this runs true with social media, depending on what you're conveying in social media, you know, it has to be true to who you are. So many customers' first experience with your business is that online presence now. They make judgments before they ever meet you in person. And if there's inconsistencies, it hurts you overall. 
I, I heard you getting choked up there, Brent. Like, I thought you were going to tear up because it was such a jarring. so emotional. I know. So emotional about the, the barbershop. But it's true. I actually was just helping somebody today. And they have an incredible customer experience everywhere. So social media, website, in person. They don't in their email. So, like, their email, it's just a black and white email. It doesn't convey anything exciting. It's just facts. But then the rest of their brand is, like visual warm yeah. visual inviting and it just feels weird you know it feels like you just got spammed by this company you're like this doesn't match anything um but cool okay cool. What's number the four last one mags the bring, last bring one. us home so number four you unknowingly have bad customer service we don't ever want to admit we have bad customer service but most of us over inflate our customer service and the only true way you can tell if you have good customer services or not is to gather customer feedback. Do not rely on Google or TripAdvisor or third-party reviews. People who are reviewing you either love you or hate you online. The people who are in between are the ones you need to care about because they are going to pinpoint what your opportunities are and where your strengths are. You need to be asking internally your customers on a quarterly basis at the minimum. You can get creative of how you get feedback, but please, please get feedback. Other things you can do to improve your customer service and ways you might be lacking today, make sure you invest in strong FAQs, frequently asked questions. Make sure people, when they go to your online website or your presence, they're answering these questions way ahead of time, that you're answering their questions, anticipating what their needs are so they don't have to reach out to you. If they do reach out to you, make sure you, you respond within 24 hours. Anything over that, I just think it's too long. I mean, there's different rules of thought, but 24 hours should be the maximum. Yeah, you ha- I definitely think you need a process in place. And especially where there's more communication channels with Facebook messaging or Instagram beyond the traditional phone and email, you need to have a process in place or it's going to hurt you in the long run and customers are going to go elsewhere. If you're running everything yourself, you can hire somebody or invest in chatbots. I mean, they aren't perfect, but at least they give somebody a response immediately for your their most frequently asked questions. Another thing you can do is hire experts to review your customer experience. We help all of our clients do this, and it's an incredible investment because you need people who are third parties who let you see what your customers are experiencing. You are so deep in your business that you aren't getting the 10,000 foot view of what's happening within your company and your brand. But what we can do is provide that 10,000 foot view, show you exactly what your customers are looking at and help you. All right. I think that's it. What we'll do, we will link the blog in the show notes so you can access the blog and learn a little bit more. We also, um, and then you can also, if you're interested in the customer experience, click there. Brent and I, Hope you share this podcast with people you love. We hope you're enjoying your wine, cocktail, beer, whatever it is. Have a great week. We will see you either on Instagram Live at 5 p.m. for this exact same conversation where you can ask questions and interact with Brent and I. Our local union handle is at Local Union LLC. But otherwise, we're always here for you. Shoot us a note, an email, and make some money, friends. See you later.